As the IoT ecosystem continues to grow, so does the importance of securing those IoT networks. According to Gartner, spending on IoT security solutions will reach about $631 million. This is a significant leap from the $91 million which was spent in 2016, and this annual global spending statistics shows that IoT solutions are headed for a massive boom within the next decade. According to Jamalto, another worrying statistics is 48% of businesses admit that they cannot detect IoT security breaches on their network. Nearly half of the companies that use IoT can't identify when their network is compromised. As more businesses invest in IoT technology, we can only hope that this number decreases. In this podcast for Future IoT, we speak to Peter Daniel, the co-founder and CEO of Secure Code Warrior, about the state of IoT security in the Asia-Pacific region. Peter, welcome to Podcast for Future IoT. Thank you, Alan. Let's frame our discussion first. Where can we find IoT technologies in a typical enterprise in the region? So I think in an enterprise, if you look around in an average building, you have air conditioning systems, you have automated doors, you have camera systems that are all kind of running on IoT systems. You could also look at the agriculture business where a lot of the tractors and measuring devices and rainwater stations are kind of running IoT. And I think it's also in your personal life, you you walk into your home and you will see IoT in your Christmas lights, you will see IoT in your door locks. So nowadays, I think that has all kind of infiltrated both enterprises and our personal lives, which is a good thing because it allows us to do many great things, but it could also be a very scary thing. What are the prevailing misconceptions about IoT security? So I think very often manufacturers that are building IoT products, they often don't think that these things are exploitable, right? Like you build a little device and it gets deployed somewhere and you don't really, it's difficult to maintain that device and to update it remotely and to patch it. Very often it has been developed really, really quickly to go live quickly, but then people don't think about, well, what are the potential threats or problems that we could face with some of those uh, IoT devices? Because you got IoT hardware that could have have security problems. You got IoT SDKs, software development kits that could have problems. And you could have the software specifically written on that IoT device, which could kind of have a problem. And you have the IoT network itself on how these kind of devices communicate centrally. These also could have security vulnerabilities in it. So it's a very complex environment, I think, and not many people when they're kind of building those devices are actually thinking about what are all the different problems that kind of can go wrong uh, around IoT security. I can imagine most of the hardware manufacturers would actually want you to replace the machine that you bought from them a couple of years ago. So they, hence, they don't put too much effort into, oh, we need to make sure this thing's secure, this thing is, uh, we can maintain it, things that go with the uh, after warranty products. Yes, and it, it also comes down to like costs, right? You want to manufacture IoT devices at scale, at low cost. Everything needs to be minimal and small, but then sometimes it doesn't have the processing power to do proper cryptography. And those are some of the trade-offs you kind of need to make. And sometimes it doesn't have the ability to do remote updates and remote patching of firmware vulnerabilities. And it's kind of stock standard firmware that that never changes, even though it has weaknesses in it, it's really difficult to patch it remotely as well. So there's a lot of trade-offs I think we need to make when picking the hardware and deciding uh, how to kind of build that device. Should buyers of these technologies, these IoT devices, be concerned about IoT security, especially if they already have somebody responsible for IT security, the the CIO and the CISO? 
Well, that's a really interesting question because I think both as a consumer of personal IoT, I do think about the security implications of putting IoT in my own life. And I think an enterprise should also take care of that. While very often the IoT network might be separate from the IT network and might be managed by a different group, I still think that they could all be used as a launch pad for, for attacks. I'm not sure if you've kind of followed the news lately, but there have been botnets, the Mirai botnet in in the last two months or so, and they're actually exploiting vulnerabilities on software development kits of IoT devices. So when they find a weakness in one of those SDKs, software development kits, it, that's deployed around 83 million, I think, webcams and devices all over the internet. And suddenly all of that becomes a potential launchpad for an attacker to gain a foothold into an enterprise. So it is very often a threat that we don't consider, right? Like if you walk into an enterprise and you don't think that the IoT device that is currently controlling your air conditioning system might be used as a hopping point into your corporate network. So uh, in my opinion, yes, I do think both from an enterprise, we should ask the right questions to the manufacturers. And I think from a personal life perspective as well, we should make sure that manufacturers of IoT devices, that there is some kind of a level of responsibility they take around building secure devices rather than just building a device and getting it out there. Where should leaders begin the discussion of IoT security? So in my opinion, it all starts with the manufacturing. The company that you're buying your IoT devices from, you should ask them the right question on what security tests have you done? What controls do you have in place? How are you sure that whatever software you've written has no holes in it? And like asking the right questions to the manufacturers will become really important. Like taking an example in the US, I'm not sure if you keep an eye on that, but there's just a law that has been passed in the last six months, which is specifically called IoT cybersecurity law. And in California, for example, manufacturers of IoT devices, they now need to demonstrate that they have thought about cybersecurity when they're kind of creating those devices. And I think that will set a, a great example and standard that I think the rest of the world will probably have to follow at a certain point in time as well, is that the manufacturers of those IoT devices will be asked questions on how secure is this thing? How much attention have you paid to building things securely? It's well and good to ask the question to current generation or even upcoming generation of manufacturers. But as you said, there are a lot of infrastructure out there in buildings, your air conditioning, there's your elevators, your lifts, everything has some bit of technology in it. And most of them are probably quite old. You know, the, the life cycle for these things can span decades. What should be the key considerations for revisiting security for infrastructure that we have today, including IoT? So I think the basic security 101 on any network starts about trying to find the vulnerabilities, right? You have scanners that can be used. You have tests that can be done. Like on any IP network, you can start doing tests and figuring out what some of those vulnerabilities are, even if they are 10-year-old devices. And then it comes down to, can we actually build layers of defenses? Can we architecturally fence off some of those IoT devices? Or can we actually speak to the manufacturer of that device and see if they can update or patch the firmware or basically help solving some of those problems. Because if you look at the type of problems that we are finding on IoT devices, these are security weaknesses in code that I think are about 20 to 30 years old. So the things that we found 20 years ago when we were first building web applications and websites and these kind of services, we are now finding them again, but in the IoT space. Things like remote command injections and, and basically code injections and like those are very well-known 
old security problems that we are seeing reappearing in the IoT world and buffer overflows, like it's something of the 90s that was still happening when you were coding in C and C++. Well, because people are still using those languages in the IoT space, those vulnerabilities kind of reappear in those devices. You just raised an interesting point. Okay, we've got old generation and new generation technology. What about skill sets? You talk about a revival of some of these vulnerabilities because they're written in a code that was popular a decade ago or so. In terms of skills and know-how and expertise around IoT security, is there ready-made market opportunity for that in terms of I can easily go out and hire somebody? Or should I approach this as outsourcing it because it makes economic sense? It's very specialized if you want to find a security expert that knows things about IoT. There's very little firms across the globe that actually can look at all the aspects of the IoT device. And then I mean with the physical layer, the network layer, the data layer, the software layer, like somebody that can analyze everything from top to bottom. It's really hard to find that. Now, what I think you can do is you can build skills in the different layers inside of your company. You can have developers and you can make sure that whatever they are writing is secure so that the data layer and the software layer is secure. You can have network security architects and security engineers assess the network component. And then you might find somebody that can work with physical devices to assess the physical side. But to find it all in one person inside an enterprise, I think is almost impossible. That's probably a security expert you need to hire for, but you can kind of split them up in the different layers of your organization. We go back to the issue of the CIO and the CISO as well. It's often been said that IoT security is not the responsibility, the domain of the CIO and the IT team, that it belongs to operations. But then again, operations, as you say, because they've never really dealt with security as a concern, right? It's We've seen a convergence of the truth. How should organizations address this issue of IoT security from the perspective of the leadership? Who should be responsible at the end of the day for securing IoT? It's a very philosophical question, right? Because it's like saying, well, there's IT security and there's physical security. And the IT security people normally don't care about the security of the buildings. And I think we're having the same discussion now with IoT security. Like, oh, yes, it's operational. It's not really IT. But at the end, if it's a threat to your business, whether it's IoT or physical or IT, if it can damage your enterprise, if it can damage your reputation, if it could put in danger the data you're storing about your customers, does it really matter which C-level person in the company takes ownership of it? Like, it's something that is a threat to the business. It's a risk. And it's just making sure that the right person with the right C-level backing can make sure that it becomes something which is important in the company. In my opinion, it doesn't matter whether it's a CSO, it's a CISO, it's a CIO. At the end, it is a business risk. Wherever you place that business risk for for a person to take account, it doesn't really matter which C letter it is, but not covering it is the big problem. What preconceived ideas should leaders set aside? Okay, we're talking about setting aside things when discussing IoT security. Thinking that it is secure by default, like thinking that whatever we build, whether technology, what are you using, whether you're using cloud technology, whether you're using your own built-in, thinking that 
whatever we are building is secure from the start because very often the people we use to build these things, the engineers, they often at universities, they don't get taught about what are the common security problems in languages in coding, kind of making sure that we step away from thinking that, well, we'll just hire somebody to write code and security will be an afterthought or it's not our problem. It will be the, the problem of the company that we're selling these devices to. So it's kind of really thinking, are we building in security from the start by design? I think that's the thinking that we need to kind of start doing is have we thought about security, just asking the right questions to the people that are building the devices, the people that are maintaining devices. That I think is one of the, the jobs probably of the C-level execs is to make sure they are asking questions and not just ignoring the problem. Peter, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future IoT. Alan, thanks so much for having me. That was Peter Donyu, the co-founder and CEO of Secure Code Warrior on the topic of the state of IoT security. You are listening to Podchats for Future IoT. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future IoT. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for IoT. Bye for now.